Today on Recur Now, we dive deep into the future of retail, plus a feature on HubSpot's Brian Halligan on how he scaled the company to the number one spot in marketing automation. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Monday, August 26th. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. Up first, your recurring revenue headlines with Grace. Results are in for top San Fran startups. Deets on a Skillshare workshop that will take your interior deco to HGTV level and your sleep spirit animal, how it impacts you. Today, we've got your top subscription news. First up, we've got a list of the best 2020 tech startups in San Fran. Zenefits, a cloud-based software for managing human resources, scored the 10th spot. Tech Tribune applauded Zenefits for simplifying the complexities of HR. Tech Tribune came to this result after researching revenue potential, leadership team, brand and product traction, and competitive landscape. Go Zenefits! A workshop by Skillshare, an online learning community of creators, may bring out your inner Chip and Joanna Gaines. Skillshare's Design Your Perfect Space four-week workshop starts today. Through the workshop, you'll work through a personalized budget and refresh your interior design outlook. Apparently, we all have a sleep spirit animal, and it impacts how many Zs we all need to function. Mind Valley put out an intriguing tweet mapping this thought process out. Apparently, myself, along with 15 to 20 percent of the population, are like lions, early to rise and productive in the morning. Want to learn yours? Mind Valley is teaming up with top sleep doctor Michael Bruce for a masterclass on effective sleep. Happy dozing! And now back to Abby to go deep on subscription retail. Subscription is the future of retail. On August 12th, we saw Nike launch its sneaker-as-a-service subscription shoe service, dubbed Nike Adventure Club, for kiddos with style. The following week, Banana Republic dropped into the space with Style Passport, a monthly service the company is counting on to appeal to younger female customers after seeing a tough first quarter with same-store sales falling 3%. But will a rental subscription program lift Banana's results? We've seen companies thrive exclusively off the model. Think Trunk Club, Rent the Runway, and Athleta, with other classic brick-and-mortars like Macy's and American Eagle following suit, which makes us wonder, are we in an era of the end of ownership? The results of an international survey conducted by the Harris Poll on behalf of Zora say it could be so. The study found that 57% of the people surveyed wished they could own less, which means six out of every 10 people globally don't want to own things anymore. The poll also found that 70% of people believe subscriptions free them from the burden of ownership. We called in ProfitWell subscription retention specialist Lauren Romanish to weigh in. Yeah, so I studied fashion merchandising um, in college and throughout that time period, being able to watch the evolution and, you know, like the integration of subscriptions kind of come into that realm was really amazing. Um, You know, a topic of conversation for me and something that's always top of mind when talking about this is demographics. Uh, I definitely think this is, you know, a newer phenomenon and millennials have really taken this trend by the horns. It's the convenience, it's the connectivity, and it's the comprehensive pricing model. Um, It's all right there. It's all easy and it's all in front of your face. And, you know, all in all, I'm pretty torn between um, all of this, right? So there's so many pros, there's so many cons for... But at the end of the day, I love them. I use them. I love what's happening for the most. I mean, these retailers have absolutely streamlined reducing friction like never before. And as Zora's founder, Teen Zoo, preaches to his core, people want services over products, a statement you know we're unapologetically on board with. And with this steady rise of subscription in retail and beyond, services they shall get. 
And that's it for your subscription news for August 26th. We'll have more recurring revenue news for you here tomorrow. Next up, a look inside the life of Brian Halligan, HubSpot's founder and CEO. Today's subscription sapien is Brian Halligan, who, as CEO and co-founder of HubSpot, has scaled the company to the number one spot in marketing automation. Here's why he advises us to avoid the traditional sales model in our voyage to greatness. Sure, Brian's a master at scale, but first we must address his mastery at being a deadhead. Although Brian doesn't consider himself the ostentatious type, his deep affinity for the Grateful Dead led him to splurge on Jerry Garcia's guitar, dubbed The Wolf, for nearly $2 million. From this episode of Protect the Hustle, Brian tells us why he pulled the trigger and how it felt to be a rock star for a night. I'm a big deadhead. No secret, you wrote a book, basically. I wrote a book about the Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah. The Wolf, his guitar he used through the 1970s, was up for auction in New York City, and the day I went up for auction, like a hundred of my deadhead buddies would say, you know, you should buy this. And I thought, that's not me, I don't, I'm not, first of all, I'm not showy, that's not my thing, and like, that's a lot of, it's gonna be a lot of money, like, no. And then my buddy David Meerman Scott, one of my best friends, he called me, and no one ever calls me, so I picked up the phone, I'm like, dude, what's up? And he's like, you should buy Wolf. Like, You're crazy, that's not my MO. So like, here's how you want to think about it. You've got money, right? And you're buying stocks and bonds and cash and you're diversifying, doing all the stuff you're supposed to be doing, I assume, of course. You need to diversify your portfolio even further and you could buy art, but you don't like art. But if you bought art, it could increase in value and it's a diversified thing, you can kind of enjoy it well. This is like art and if you buy it, it will probably increase in value and you can enjoy it and you can play it and you can loan it out. I happened to be in New York the week of the auction. I went over the auctioneer, played the guitar a little bit. Then I called David and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna bid on it. And the first number came out, whatever it was, $800,000. And 60 hands went up, and my hand went up. I was told to do two things and two things only, because I had never bought anything in an auction. One, don't drink. Two, have a number in your head and don't move from the number. And so I raised my hand, there's, everybody's got their hand up. I'm like, I'm never gonna get this thing. But then they incremented it up, incremented it up, I kept raising my hand, incremented it up. It was super fun, by the way. Yeah. I felt like I was in a movie. And then there was two of us. You know, it, it dropped off incredibly quickly at 1.5, and then it hit 1.6. I was the only one with my hand up, and then she went 1.7, there was no one else there, and she went around again, and I went. And the place erupted. <laughs> I, was, I was a famous rock star-like character for like two hours That's that awesome. one night. Hey, if you've got the funds and you're as big of a deadhead to write a book called Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead, it feels like you've earned this one. So what else is Brian nailing it at? In addition to being a top-rated CEO for HubSpot, Brian's an author, senior lecturer, tennis player, nap advocate, and Red Sox fan. He is a Massachusetts native who's leveraged the Boston tech scene incredibly well. For decades, Brian has coached startups to scale-ups, dropping knowledge from lectures to co-authoring two books. One, Inbound Marketing, Get Found Using Google, Social Media, and Blogs, and, of course, the aforementioned Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead. He brought HubSpot from startup status to a company with a $4.7 billion market cap, now dipping into the sales and help desk markets. So how does Brian look at startup versus scale-up, and where the hell did he start in creating such a monster in the space? He talks about this in a HubSpot Academy YouTube video. The way, the way I kind of think about companies, they go through different phases. Uh, 
It's like an S curve that you go through. The beginning, the tough part is, can you get product market fit? Can you build something that another human will part at least a dollar with uh, to buy? And then, okay, you got some customers, you're getting a product market fit. Then can you, can you acquire some customers and get the math to work a little bit so I can acquire a customer for X and get the value of at least three X out of that? And then the next phase is what I call the scale-up phase. So the first two phases are kind of the startup phase. Scale-up phase is, can I pour a lot of resources into the top of my funnel and acquire customers at X for at least 3X at scale and not break it, not completely shake the machine and, and have the wheels fall off? So it took us uh, probably six, seven years to kind of get out of startup mode. And we've been in scale-up mode for the last couple of years where we acquire customers for plus or minus, you know, $12,000 in our total value for a customer, you know, plus or minus $55,000. We were able to hit the gas and not have the car fall apart. Uh, that's kind of the journey we've been on. So we now know the difference, but I want something concrete from Brian's brain. Brian believes the most successful startups are the ones that are frictionless, moving from the traditional sales funnel method to the flywheel, which he himself just started implementing a year ago. Here's Brian at the HubSpot conference inbound 2018 on why the flywheel is the funnel of our future. So what's my growth model? Of course my growth model is a flywheel. Throw out your old concept of the funnel, embrace the flywheel. And then my flywheel behaves according to this equation. The equation looks complicated, but it's actually quite simple. The numerator at the top says keep investing in sales, keep investing in marketing, but boy, the investments you make in delighted customers, you get a bigger return on investment. I would also say that take your sales and marketing resources and see if you can move them slightly to not just focusing on closing customers, but delighting customers. A lot of power in the numerator. The denominator, of course, is delight. Uh, sorry, the denominator, of course, is friction. Get the friction out. The lower the friction in your model, the faster you're gonna grow. If you enjoyed this snippet of the Subscription Sapien, share this and make sure you're subscribed to Recur Now to receive them straight to your inbox. And there you have it, your August 26th episode of Recur Now. Check back here tomorrow where we do it all again. And if you know anyone who'd want on the list to receive daily episodes, send them to recurnow.com.